Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the OSINT Curious Webcast Podcast. I'm your host for this week, Micah Hoffman, joined by my favorite fellows. I've got Ginsburg, 5150. Say hi to everybody, Ginsburg. What is going on, everyone? Hey. And joining us via the magic of intercontinental network traffic, we've got Sector 035. Hey, everyone. Hey. And you know what? I'm trying to, I'm thinking I need to add some numbers to my name. You got 035. You got 5150. I need something like five numbers, like Web Breacher 8675309 or something. There you go. Yeah. And I know that's more than five numbers. All right. Cool. Um, so Web, it's just Web Breacher 187. 187. Nice. I like it. Kind of, it's like my, my, uh, my DJ name. Yeah. Um, also, I want to say hi to our attendees, and the list is growing and growing and growing. Thank you to uh, those of you that are our regulars, and and uh, nice to see those of you that are just joining in for the first time. We've got a pretty cool show. We're gonna uh, we have no guest star today, uh, so everybody that attends is a star. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we're all winners. Um, and we're going to be doing a bunch of uh, in the news and answering questions. So uh, those of you that are attending um, in the zoom.us uh, client, uh, please feel free to chime in while we're doing the, the week in review. We, we love getting your, your input and your information because you all are doing some amazing stuff out there. Uh, before we get started, um, Sector, anything cool happened this week in your world? No, not really. I had a very, very quiet weekend. No. Yeah. <laughs> I had an awesome day yesterday. <clears throat> um, yesterday, around 4 p.m. my time, the CTF of Trace Lab started. And this was my very first time um, participating in the CTF, um, bought a ticket, created a team, and then last minute I got help from Salah Hildin. And we, we started together um, going over the CTF, going over the, uh, the, the subjects, what they call them, trying to find info. And then all of a sudden, um, someone who forgot to buy a ticket, Nick's Intel, uh, he was too late to join in, but um, he joined me on Slack and um, had extra we, help. Well, hey, we can have a team of up to four people, and I had four people, but two of them were offline. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> totally legit. Totally legit. Oh, absolutely. So, yes. so so, Sector, can you describe for those people that, that have never done an OSINT capture the flag or done trace labs? Now, I know, Ginsburg, you've, you've actually helped uh, lead and moderate these and, and actually judge some of these. But, Sector, this was your first one. Can you tell us a little bit about what the trace labs, uh, what, what the CTF was about? Yeah, the uh, trace labs missing people CTF is um, it's like a capture the flag. Uh, purely based on OSINT, where they are using actual cases of missing people to try and find information about them. Um, on one hand, there's, of course, the goal of trying to find information that may lead to uh, some kind of discovery or um, that, that can help the police. Um, but on the other hand, it is, of course, a CTF. So we have to try and find flags. We've got to find personal information. We've got to try and find extra photos and everything like that. <clears throat> and it was my very first time. And I really, I, I know a lot of other people had it too that were um, first timers. Um, I really had a problem seeing it as a CTF because I treated it as actual cases that I needed to provide some kind of help. So it really took me, I think, about one and a half hour or something. And all of a sudden, I thought, yeah, hold on. I'm looking at all these pieces of information. These are all flags I should actually submit. So after an hour, we only had a few flags. And then all of a sudden, Mies and Salah Hildin, we went like, oh, hold on. Um, we've got to get some flags here. And then we started submitting stuff. And then... Yeah, actually, the last 15, 20 minutes, I was actually um, going over 
uh, Hanjali and looking at, like, okay, um, what would the sites, what were the profiles? Because I need to submit a few more flags because Ginsburg with his team was right in front of me. So, well, we were just slightly too late. We were just 150 points off. But the experience and the event itself, it is a, it's, it's an eight-hour marathon, Ozone Marathon, and it was awesome to do. And next time, I'm absolutely going to join again. Cool. It sounds like you had a good time. Oh, yeah, you, you saw the, sorry, I was going to say, you saw the tweet that you scrolled past over, like, no joke. Like, I was in recovery mode. Like, yeah. at, at the end of eight hours of just sitting and just focusing, it's it's really very kind of, <clears throat> you, you don't you don't realize how hard it hits you until you're done with it. And you're like, oh, wow, I've been sitting here not drinking. <laughs> or, yeah. And I will say, like, I have run two of these events before for a couple different uh, cons, but this was my first time actually participating in the in the OSEN event as well. And everybody that I had on my team was also uh, very like this is the very first time they'd done it either. So <clears throat> it was um, it was awesome. It really was. It was full of like excitement and a heartbreak. It's very tough to go through and see these cases and know that this is possibly the last thing that this person ever posted before they, they disappeared. And I got really tripped up and it was, it was nice to do this because it does kind of let you flex that muscle and see what you can and can't do. But I got really, really tripped up on some of the stuff outside of the United States. So I know that's something that I have to go through and work on. Um, But, you know, using Google translate and using all the other stuff, whatever was, was very helpful, but it was, uh, it it was, it was a ton of fun and, and a very rewarding thing to do. Now, Ginsburg, am I right in that your team came in fifth place overall? Correct. You know, right above Sector Seekers, you know. Ah, cool. Well, that's all that matters, really. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, at the end of the day, you know, we didn't take first like the Mini Hats Club. We didn't take second. We didn't take third, fourth. But we did beat Sector. So, that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for those of you that are listening in, we're talking about the tracelabs.org CTF. Uh, at at Trace Labs on Twitter, they do these CTFs. A lot of the CTFs are done um, at specific conferences, like they did it at the Layer 8 conference and a couple of other places. Uh, we are talking specifically about the one that happened just last week, on the this past weekend, well, yesterday, at, uh, that was a, their second global one. And they did put in here... Let's see if I can scroll down to it uh, just for the metrics. And again, I'm just reading this right off of Twitter. 110 teams internationally, 200 plus contestants, 25 volunteer judges, 4,000 submissions, and 190,000 points on the scoreboard. Now, the thing that I look forward to is seeing that final tweet that says not who won, but the impact. We found five people or we found one person. because uh, that's, I mean, while, while doing the OSINT is fun, you're also doing OSINT for good. And yep. uh, definitely support them. Yeah. No, 100%. I, I know that even like Beowulf, um, 88, registered a team, put some money up, whatever, but didn't have the opportunity to get them play. Even just the donation side, however, is one of those things that just keeps an engine like this going. So it's awesome to go through and see people that – and from my count, I think there was. There was over 110 teams – and there was only about 73 that actually put points on the board. So that's still an additional 20-something people that donated, registered, and made sure that they could be part of the event. But they didn't have the opportunity, the time, or, you know, wherewithal. So, but that's awesome to go through and see. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, talking to us about that uh, sector in Ginsburg. Uh, yeah. Congratulations to you both on participating and, and uh, on achieving and yeah. helping out. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's go ahead and get into more of the, let's see, hang on, gonna, oh, let's see. So um, let's do a couple of things. First off, uh, OSINT Curious, the reason why I have this uh, this webpage up 
on the screen is a couple of reasons. One, we've got some blog posts that are hitting this week, and I know that you're going to love this. Uh, Technozet has, just to give you a little teaser, Technozet, ha who is an amazing, amazing uh, person that, that researches Instagram and other social media platforms, she's done a terrific write-up on uh, all, a lot of different tools and techniques for going ahead and, and searching and finding things on Instagram. That's going to be hitting, I think, on Tuesday. So watch this space. Yes. Can't wait for that to come out. It looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really happy about that. Um, let's also give a shout out to our two sponsors. Uh, like Ginsburg and I were talking about earlier before the webcast started, we sometimes need money to help these things and keep these things going or to get better. And uh, the good people over at Hunchly, Justin Seitz and Sands, um, have done a terrific job in helping us financially through this. We haven't started a Patreon ourselves uh, for that, uh, for for crowdsourced people to, to help out, um, but it is in the works. We're working on some bigger things, and that just takes some time. So please, please, please go try Hunchly. Uh, if you're doing OSINT or whatever, you probably already have. Um, and SANS has a variety of cybersecurity training offerings, including my open source intelligence gathering and analysis class. Which oh, was that one yours? Is that? Oh, yeah. Happened. Look at that. Uh, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about your course, and I know it's one of the first kind of OSINT-specific things. I know there are other SANS courses that get into a module of OSINT and stuff like that for, like, Red Team, Fin Testing, AppSec, and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're all very, very proud of you for that stuff. So. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, the way that I build my courses is that it it co it's that foundational layer of just all the different things. We go everything uh, from uh, help with help from sector to you know and his image analysis and shadow analysis and geointing of of photos to uh, to uh, domains, IPs, people, people search engines, language translation. In fact, most of the people on OSINT curious like Kirby and Nico and Technozet, uh, Sector, um, even Beowulf. Uh, I mentioned them and their techniques during class. And, and even Bazell. I mean, you know, everybody ha contributes to, to the contents in this class. And yeah. um, I like it. And uh, it's going to be evolving because a lot of things have changed this past couple of weeks. Cool. Um, so, Ginsburg, I think you should probably talk about this next place. What, what, what's showing on the screen here? Can you tell uh, us? This is, this is heaven for OSINT. <laughs> um, so this is OSINT.team. Um, so recently there was a, a server update. Vasa uh, went through and made it a little bit more secure because of the stuff that's been happening for uh, Intel techniques and the forum that went down over there. Um, you know, a couple of the admins and I kind of looked at things and said, hey, you know, this is probably something we want to go through and just expect a lot larger group of people to go through and start using OSINT.team. And so FOSA took it upon himself to, uh, you know, restructure the servers, make it single sign-on for either Twitter or for GitHub. Uh, he also launched a Patreon for support, which a lot of people have been donating to, which is awesome. But the, the focus of OSINT.team is that there is a specific channel for anything and everything that you want to go through and do. Uh, it houses many uh, different tool development kits for uh, Hunchly for feedback, for Twint for feedback, for um, you know Spiderfoot, which I've used religiously ever since. Um, but yeah, here's the the um, the Patreon stuff. So you can see, you know, little by little, it's it, it went from like three or four people to 19 people. So it's almost at 200 bucks a month. Um, it is it is something that is definitely worth investing in if you're in the OSINT community. If it's something that you find any value in, five bucks a month or something like that, if you can do more, that's great. But you know, this just keeps the engine running on this side. And this is where a lot of us as OSINT curious people kind of found each other as well. Um, you know, we started at the open OSINT Slack and then moved towards Rocket Chat and keeping that kind of tradition going. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good to see the evolution of this stuff. All right. I just saw NWO sent join. So, you know, like I, the evangelist keeps working. <laughs> yeah. And, and as that proves, they'll let anybody in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Sector's even on there. So, oh, 
Jesus. Uh, there goes the neighborhood. Well, yeah. so so the thing that I always like telling my students and the other people that I talk to about OSINT team is that, one, it's truly international. So, uh, you know, I focus a lot on OSINT in the United States where I live and work and, and, and all. But a lot of my students and a lot of other people are, have information that they need to gather from people overseas. And having that truly international group of people in here that you can say, dude, I've never OSINTed in Korea, South Korea. Um, you know, uh, what do I do? Is there anybody that can help me or just things to uh, in place for you to discuss things? Um, a lot of people come to the, my class and they say, um, we've got, uh, you know, I'm the smartest person in my office. I'm the only one that does OSINT and I'm so isolated. And I say, Join OSINT team because there are a whole bunch of people out there that are good people that will help you out. Just you can bounce ideas off. 100%. And, and so like a lot of the stuff that we were talking about in kind of after the OSINT um, CTF yesterday, you know, the Mini Hats Club, those guys came out and said, you know, a year ago, if you told me I would have been doing this, I would have said you're, you're fucking losing it. But uh, it was it was because they said they had such a good group of people over on Mini Hats Club on that discord server, you know, and they have, I've, I've been over there and they're all really good guys and they've got like a channel for OSINT and stuff, but uh, it, it is that same thing over at like OSINT.team. It's one of those things where it's very easy to get in conversations with people. I found, you know, two out of the four people that I, that I was on the team with came from the OSINT.team site. I've, I've never met them in real life, but I've talked to them online for years. They're all good people. And it was, an awesome experience. And with the admins that we have on there and stuff, we've only ever kicked out really one person because they were abusing kind of the terms and conditions, which is, you know, if you're going to use something, use something, make sure you give credit and then you got to give back. And that person was not doing that. But other than that, everyone seems to be very, very willing to jump into investigations, to uh, scripting help, uh, to whatever you have problems with, because those people are also either had that problem or I have that same question. So it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a really, really good community. Yeah. And it sounds, I mean, it's definitely something that's amazing. And I, I give huge, huge kudos to FASA. Um, that's PH055A. He's yep. on Twitter and he is the uh, driving force admin. Amazing dude behind this uh, on the screen. It's, it's right here. And he is, he's a terrific guy and, and yep. all. Um, so one of the questions, uh, Ginsburg, uh, Ginger actually asked this. Ginger T, uh, one of our, our regulars, asked, uh, is it best to use a sock puppet or is it best knowing who people are for the best results within OSINT team? So that depends on your OPSEC. Um, it depends on what you work on. And it depends on if you want to be kind of uh, seen in the community. So, like, I do a lot of cons. I go to B-Sides Kansas City. I go to, you know, Layer 8. I'll be at Derby probably. I don't think I'm going to Hacker Server Camp, but, you know, there, there's a lot of people. And so if you want to be one of those people who can come up and be like, hey, I recognize your work, all that stuff, then, you know, it's okay to, to, to have that, uh, that, that level of, of, of realism kind of on there. But... Uh, there are a lot of people that want to go through and make sure that their anonymity is, is, is taken care of and complete. I mean, the, the guy that runs the thing, FASA, you know, he's one of the biggest proponents of OPSEC and, you know, the single sign-on and making sure that you have two-factor authentication and all that stuff. And in fact, when we were going through this first iteration, he, he got it to the point where uh, if you needed your account reset, he would just shut your account off and you just had to make a new one because we're not going to go through and dig into the whole social engineering thing. We're not going to worry about it. So we just took it out of the equation. So it, it is it is a personal choice. Uh, it really depends on, like I said, your level of uh, of exposure to especially InfoSec Twitter or the Internet or what you're doing. So yeah. is there any problem with people creating two accounts like the the, the thing that you mentioned um, that the site has moved to is single single sign on. So uh, essentially somebody could have use their Twitter account or mm -hmm. a GitHub account to sign on. But you could create a fake github account and and authenticate with one user with that and another user is that is that within the realm of okay 100 percent, yeah absolutely especially if you're getting into more dodgy situations and you don't want you want there to be some separation you want to kind of like uh you know uh, compartmentalize what you're doing in regards to the investigations 
Uh, we don't scrape data. We don't hold anything in regards to a members list or anything. We don't publish that. You know, it's all where it is, and you can see it through the channel directory and stuff like that. You can see all the, the other members. So it, it, there is something to having uh, an account that has the ability to go through and ask certain questions and then having a forward-facing account that says, hey, I'm doing this. Do you guys want to follow along and do this with me? So that, that's 100%, yeah. And you're one of the admins of the group of OSINT team too, right? Yeah, they'll take anybody apparently. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe that. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thank you again to FOSA. Thank you to you, uh, Ginsburg for, for uh, helping us understand that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely join. And did we mention it's free? I think we did. Uh, I, yeah. Hope so. Yeah, no, it's, it's hundred percent. You, you will get more value out of that than, you know, any of the other off brand trainings and things like that, you know, not like Micah's or Intel techniques that actually dig into good stuff. But if you go for the 29 Udemy OSINT training stuff, you'll learn way more in this than you will there. So true. And it's interactive too. Yes. It's awesome. Cool. All right, so the way I've got the links set up for the rest of the, the, the time is we've got them in groups. So this next group are blog posts that have hit the news in the last couple of weeks. And I wanted to say a huge shout out to Yuri here um, who had who made a really nice blog post on finding people and pictures and stuff on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube by filtering by date. So a uh, well-written blog post. I, I always love it when people can write. And I know that English is not people's, many people's first language. So this is, I mean, this is just terrific. He's got links in here, um, images, and this is really good. This is a more recent type of things about how to do searching in Facebook now that graphics search is done, mentioning some of these these different tools. Um, and he goes through how it used to be, as well as step by step by step about how to go through there. And for those in, as eventually using the, the, uh, the oh, I forget, the, uh, da -da -da -da. So dust. So dust. Yeah, thank you. I wanted to say Psalm Dev, but that's our yeah. next, that's our next person. I, I keep wanting to say sawdust. So I don't yeah. know. So it does. Um, so uh, great blog post. Um, it's on Medium, and I will put that in the show notes. Um, cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I just I skimmed through that, but I haven't read the whole thing. But it looks it looks really good. I was I saw it yesterday, and I'm like, well, I should use this for the OSINT, and then I'm like, no, okay, too much, gotta go. Yeah. Um, there's one thing I want to change. I, I want to just mention a lot. I see a lot of people doing this and I've started to, to really promote this one tool. When we see things like this on the screen, I've got the filters portion of the Facebook request on, on screen and the, the filters, as you start adding in things like dates and as you start adding in things like locations and all, it takes your original keyword and at the end, it'll put filters equal and then you get this big chunk of, of text. And the text is in base 64 encoded uh, type of format. Well, one of my favorite tools for, for decoding or to do anything with, with text is CyberChef. Have you guys dealt yes, with CyberChef? from the GCHQ. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So let me just show this real quick uh, because I think, you know, it, it just bears repeating. And um, uh, so here is, uh, is CyberShift is about, all about taking one type of data and transforming it or extracting content from it. So I'm going to paste into the input field the base 64 content. Output field looks exactly the same. Now, since this is CyberChef, we can go ahead and take these little operations, drag them into the rep recipe, and it'll do stuff. So when I grab from base64, boop, you can see that the output changes and now shows us our JSON. Now, we can also do something with JSON, typing into the search bar here. I can do JSON Beautify, and now we have JSON uh, formatted a little bit better. Because of these escapes, it kind of messes up the, the JSON format. But the neat thing about CyberChef is, again, it's free. It does transformations and hashes. It will, if you stick in their HTML, like a whole bunch of HTML in the input, you can have it extract email addresses. So you type email and you can pull out email addresses or you can pull out IPs. Super, super helpful. That's awesome. What, what is JSON Minify? What is it, what? What is Minify? I've never seen that, JSON. Oh, like, over here in the, 
Oh, yeah, so that's JSON Beautify, but there was a JSON. Oh, Minify. Yeah. So if you're looking to save space on your page, you want to include JSON on there. It will do essentially compression, like packing. Um, so it so instead of having a, a JSON that looks like this, well, let's see. Yeah. Here's all. JSON. Now this might not work because we're escaping some of the stuff. Um, let's go to JSON. Minify would be stuff that would be included in the page, and here it's just taking out some of those carriage returns. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So, oh, that's cool. I just while you're up there, I want you to play with it. No problem. Uh, so it's a CyberChef. Uh, Ginsburg, would you mind putting CyberChef in our show notes? Sure. Just that Cool. Yeah, so getting back to uh, um, this blog post, really nicely done, Yuri. Um, and we'll put Yuri's, Yuri's uh, Twitter handle in the show notes as well. Uh, again, not just Facebook, but also going down into Instagram and how to do it there. And even I think the bottom is YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's go into de-blurring. Have you all seen this? This is by Somdev. Yes, I've seen it. And yeah, what was really cool, because he, um, he used using some simple blurring effect to de-pixelize um, these images. Right. But what the cool thing is, later on you find out that yeah. it's for Yandex, you don't even need to do that, which is just craziness. Yeah. So, so what um, Sector is talking about is that on the screen right now at this at Somdev's blog, and again it'll be in the show notes. He takes a pixelated photo, a photo that you know when people try to anonymize faces or things, they they go ahead and pixelate it, so you don't really see uh, the details. But what he shows in here is that. You can use Photoshop or, in this case, GIMP, which is a free uh, photo processor, and you can sharpen and sharpen and sharpen and then get a highly pixelated picture to look a little bit blurry but sharper. Then you take that and you do a little bit more enhancing, enhancing, and you go to like Yandex and they show, hey, there's the actual picture. Here it is and all. But like, <laughs> like Sector was saying, I do the same thing, Sector, for facial recognition, Yandex is super, super hot. Um, you could take, let's do it. Let's do it live here. I'm going to take this picture. I'm just going to copy the image address. Go to images. Actually, it's yandex.com slash images. And paste in the URL here. Give me the little photo thing. And there's the pixelated image. And the first image is the person. It's nice. just just amazing. So uh, great technique. Thank you, Sumdev, for, for putting it out there, helping us understand how to do it. And depending on the search engine you use, you might not even need it. Cool. I'm, I'm surprised he's not in the chat, actually. Yeah. Well, I think he was there last time or the time before some. So yeah, shout out to him, though. People, people have other things to do with their lives, Ginsburg. No. No. <laughs> I don't believe it. All right, let's go from that to a sad note. Um, the BBC's News Africa uh, did an amazing uh, journalist, um, an amazing report, and it was uh, in a series of tweets, and they actually have videos that go along with it, where they've used open source intelligent techniques to take some video, actually take many different seg segments of video that were taken over the course of days um, and piece them together to uh, to to help us understand what happened in Sudan, uh, sector. Do you know anything about this? I know that you've done some work with them over the past. Yes, but they pump out so many articles and so many researches. I have not had a chance to look at this. No. Yeah. So um, the overall just is that um, there there was a massacre. And this massacre was caught on many different, many different cameras, uh, people's cell phones and social media. And what they did was they pieced together the different photo segments and videos and showed you who was standing where, at what place, at what time. In fact, in one segment, they show you that one person caught the other two people in their picture of videoing. So they're like, okay, there's the guy in the red shirt. And, um, and over the course of days, over the course of like three segments, they show you the before what's happening in Sudan, then they show you the, the massacre, and then they show you the aftermath. It's, it's heartbreaking, and it's also another way that people are using OSINT, and it's very well done. 
very well done. All right. So that's our blogs. That's the blog post that we've that we've seen this week. Uh, let's get into this. Uh, Ginsburg uh, sector. Have you all played with Intel X.io tools? I have. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've added it to Wikinosend uh, okay. a couple of weeks ago, and I did. Um, I think I added the Facebook one in it, but mm -hmm. yeah, I know there are more things and they, they keep adding things. So yeah. I really got to revisit it because this is going to be one of the most favorite tools out there looking at uh, the tools they have now and also to validate emails. Um, yeah, we just had a, a question about that yesterday mm -hmm. um, in one of my Slack channels and yeah, a good email validation tool is always handy. So I'm going to check that out, how it actually validates emails. So I'm, yeah. I'm really curious. So uh, for those of you that don't know, IntelX.io has a tools tab right up here at the top of their screen. That'll take you to this page. Now, many of you remember IntelTechniques.com's tool page. It was something that was a staple of many, many, many uh, OSINTers for years until there were some cybersecurity issues and, and uh, Bazell moved that page behind authentication to keep people safe and to keep his tools safe. Totally get it. Um, that created a vacuum where people that were doing OSINT that don't necessarily feel comfortable using command line tools just want to put stuff in web pages. They needed somewhere to do that. Well, IntelX.io has started to replace the tools that were on Bazell's site that are probably that are pro probably still there behind authentication, um, and they've started to remake those in a safe way. Uh, so that they don't get abused, and um, they've started to host them here on their website, and um, they're they're doing good. And the reason why I bring it up is that they just released yesterday version four, which allows you to s extract selectors. I'm not sure I would go this far and use the tool in this fashion, but you can upload a file, and then it will extract things there, like email addresses and other stuff. Um, I think I'd probably just use grep or agent ransack or something like that. But there's other things on here. This is a good place to go to understand how to do Facebook graphs, uh, newer searches. They also link to the Sawdust, co Sawdust, Sawdust code uh, for Facebook as well. So um, kind of cool. I like it. It's out there. Now, Speaking of, of fun stuff that's out there in code, I was doing some research for uh, some, some uh, private work that I was doing, and I was looking into how Microsoft has changed the LinkedIn API because they've made some significant changes to LinkedIn over the past X number of months. And I was looking at the, uh, the, the link that's in the tweet that I've I've put out there and I'm just scrolling down and stuff and I'm reading how to do it and IDs versus URNs and stuff. And then all of a sudden I get to one of these sample requests and it's like, you could request a person and then it'll come back with their first name and last name, like Dwight Schrute. I'm like, Oh my God, they use that, uh, you know, the office characters. That is so fun. Um, I think it's kind of neat that, that we find these kind of Easter eggs out there. And there's a ton of them out there. In one of the talks that I did, I show that in Flickr.com. Uh, you can view the page source, and they've got ASCII art in the page. And they say, hey, look, you're reading, we're hiring. Flickr jobs. This stuff is out there. And, and this is the stuff that keeps me getting OSINT curious. When I look into something and I see one of these things, I think some person put that there just so that I could find it. It's neat. Yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah. All right. So I don't know, uh, Ginsburg uh, sector. Do you guys do much on YouTube? I mean, as far aside from watching those videos that we can't talk about on here, but do you do OSINTing on YouTube? Watching hacking videos? No, no. I'm I'm past watching hacker videos. I'll I'll just grab some blogs and follow some Twitter accounts. Okay. Um, yeah, no, no there's nothing wrong with with hacker videos. Um, but yeah, I'm more of a someone who likes to read because I'm gonna skip videos after like ten minutes, but then I get bored. So, um, um, except so, our videos, right? 
Oh, no, always. I always watch your own videos back. Always. All right. <laughs> that didn't yeah. work well, Ginsburg. No, that did not. Ginsburg, save him. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I do, uh, especially if there's a tool that I'm looking at from GitHub or something, and they've got a uh, like an explanation or if they've got a link to a video and stuff, just to see how it's supposed to work before I break it. Um, I'll, I'll check that stuff out. Um, but yesterday, I will, I will say that uh, there was some stuff that I was trying to use um, you know, YouTube four in regards to date ranges and some of the other stuff, whatever, for kind of the OSINT CTF. So it's not the hacking video side, but I've done research on YouTube to go through and see, you know, what I can, what extra information we can get about. Cause there's, there's a lot of people who are doing independent reporting or their, or their own, you know, blogging and stuff like that over. And, you know, I think one of my favorite examples was like, there was a guy who had an Alexa, the little thing set up and he was taking live donations and they, the people who were in the live stream found out that they could ask Alexa to go through and do things. And so they said, Hey Alexa, where am I located? And it gave exact locations to where the guy was because it had it on the, uh, the Amazon, you know, uh, delivery page stuff. So, you know, there's, there are things that you can find out through videos that sometimes you just can't get through reading, you know? Agreed. Agreed. Well, so uh, actually, Chris is on the uh, on in our uh, studio audience here. If I can, if I can say that, uh, Chris asked, "Hey, what do you guys think about this YouTube hacking stuff?" Now, from the little bit that I've read, um, the the clauses have been in YouTube's terms of service that you're not supposed to make videos that circumvent any type of cybersecurity or any other type of security and publish that on there because that could allow people to to break the law. Uh, they just haven't been enforcing it. Well, recently they did enforce it with some some higher profile accounts and they temporary banned them and then there was this huge outcry of, of uh, from the, the hacker community and the cybersecurity community like, hey, come on, we're using these for good. You know, let, let us see them and, and I think their accounts were restored. Um, now, let's see, oh, so, okay. So Chris, uh, he's on here and he says his main concern is the 10 minute videos and someone complaining that they, that they ha are a threat and maybe blocking our stuff. You know what, if that happens, we will go over to archive.org. I've already checked it out and we can upload our videos directly to archive.org, host them there, and people can, can pull our content from there. Or there's Vimeo or other places as well. So whereas we the links out and stuff, so that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. So we we already checked it out. And we're going to be good. I mean, I maintain copies of all of our videos that we publish. So if somebody blocks access, we've we've actually already started uploading a couple of them to the uh, archive.org site just to test it out. Um, but we do have a backup plan. Can I host them on OSINT Curious website? You know, we could we could look into that. Our OSINT Curious website, we are using somebody else's hosting. Um, we probably could host the MP4s up there. Yeah, if people are interested in just downloading the MP4s, we could look it at that. It depends on the space that we use and how much. Uh, I think we have tons of space. Oh, do we? Okay. Then yep. Mind. So we've yeah, probably, we could probably create a web space and all. Um, if you're interested in that, uh, let us know. Yeah. And uh, see about hosting them there if people want the MP4s. I will say one last thing on this uh, YouTube stuff. So there was a uh, there was a dark web uh, carding uh, website, or it was actually I found it through uh, Nightmare Markets. Nightmare Market, I remember. Uh, but there was a there was a carding group that was telling people that you know how they could go through and get um, you know stolen cards and information and all that stuff, and they actually were promoting so heavy that they had like little three-minute animated videos that were on YouTube, and they just kept kicking them out, kicking them out, kicking them out, and it would just blast the uh, the Onion site, and then they had a clear website, and then they just, you know, they they were into the marketing, the SEO of it, however, and it was just, it was like facepalm, just because they, they were just getting so much, but there was no OPSEC in regards to how they were posting it and all that stuff, and so... Yeah, it, I, I understand YouTube's point in regards to the malicious actor stuff, but it's it's really it's it's tough for all of us because we, we want to know the vulnerabilities so that we can you know, make sure we 
guard against it, but there's still assholes out there. So it's yeah. Yeah, there's always going to be people people that do stuff. The amazing thing is that uh, I, my uh, buddy and Nova, fellow Nova hacker, Info Janitor, he gave a talk on the things that you can find on YouTube. And he, I mean, you can find anything, not just porn and, and stuff like that, but pirated content. And I'm thinking, yeah, hacking videos, whatever, but it sure would be nice if YouTube would focus on getting, you know, finding Nemo and, and whatever end game off of there and getting that stuff that people record sitting, you know, in their airplane seat where across the screen it says United uh, show up there telling me that they've recorded this during an in-flight movie. Get that stuff off of there worry about the hacker stuff but somebody probably complained yeah all right well let's go from that to go to uh this guy here this is david mashburn uh we're going to move into the video portion audio and video portion of the the webcast here uh david mashburn gave a talk on uh osint not just offensive for the sans blue team summit and one of the things that he pitched out there was was that blue teamers or people that are doing cybersecurity defense can use open source intelligence techniques in order to, to find information that would help them protect their organization. And David goes through a bunch of different things. It's a 30-minute video, so not too bad. And he's a very engaging and entertaining speaker, so it's a fun watch. Uh, the thing that he that that's interesting to me is is when I pitched this out to Twitter and said, well, how many OSINTERs, how many blue teams are actually doing open source intelligence as like one of the things that they do to protect things? And um, I got some people coming back. I got uh, Justin Henderson, SANS instructor, uh, John Hubbard, another SANS instructor and author. And they said, you know, more mature organizations or larger organizations, uh, they probably do some form of OSINT or pay somebody to do that uh, type of OSINT. But uh, the smaller ones, not so much because it's, it's lower down on the priorities. Uh, Sector, Ginsburg, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I do know that... Um the company that I work for, a really big company in the Netherlands, um, their defensive part uses, uh, uses a lot of OSINT. Um, they got some really cool specialists over there on board. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, 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 any, any time that I've ever taught or I've ever talked to people in regards to what OSINT can do for them, and you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's for red team, it's for pen test and all that. And I always tell people, you know, it's it, there's a lot that you can actually manipulate with blue team stuff. You know, even if you're, you know, so I, traditionally, I think a lot of people look at OSINT for blue teamers as like honeypots and stuff like that. But you can, you know, you're checking your, your social media for making sure that your, your people aren't leaking sensitive information. They're not leaking badges online. You know, there's there's brand monitoring. There's there's a ton of stuff that you can do to, to help with your stuff on the blue team side. And, you know. You should be just like everyone else is Googling themselves. You should be Googling your organizations and making sure your certs are there, making sure that people aren't trying to go through and use CVEs against your, your stuff. And yeah. yeah, there's a lot of the shadow IT stuff that I think a lot of people can, can start to. And it's sad that small organizations aren't able to or don't have the bandwidth to use a lot of the OSINT stuff because it is, it is probably one of the cheapest but most, most versatile thing that you can put in your organization. Yeah. Well, you, you said something that made me think. Uh, I was talking with an organization just uh, just recently, and, and I said, you know, how are you using OSINT? And they said, well, one of the things that we found is the shadow IT, but not only shadow ID, shadow programming. Um, they've seen people that are supposed to be programming such and something, uh, reaching out to into special websites and, and having other people do the programming and then just yeah. kind of bringing them stuff. Like, wow, that's, that's, uh, that's a new level. But yep outsourcing i guess but so yeah there was there was a big case of whatever i think it was a couple years back and i looked at it and i was like oh the guy's brilliant but there was a there was an architect or something like that it was a i don't think it was infosec but it was data it stuff and he did he outsourced all of this up to korean uh freelancers and uh, always got his work done and all that stuff whatever but he eventually got fired because he was letting company secrets go and he was having third parties execute his stuff but he yeah paying them like $20,000 a year and he was making 80, 90,000. So yeah, he, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then the money works out, but the uh, yeah. ethics does not. And the security, you know, I mean, if you, people are building back doors into the software that you're propagating and pushing forward and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's, it's not something you have control over at that point. And 
I'm not going to get all nation state hackers there everywhere. But I mean, if you think about it, you know, people who are playing the long game in regards to, um, you know, being bad guys and stuff, they think, you know, I'm 20 now, I'm going to build this and put a back door into it. When the time I'm 40, if it's still there or something, or even 35, whatever, doesn't matter. But you can, you can always go back and revisit that. The one thing that I think a lot of people forget is OSINT is, is really one of those things where, um, time is on our side you know it's we we have the ability to go back and look at stuff from for wherever it's recorded but it's the same thing with software especially legacy software that gets pushed through if the guy's there you know build it in cobalt and stuff like that and they're not there anymore somebody's gotta somebody's gotta figure that stuff out so if you're outsourcing that code work as well those code caves can can sometimes have some some difficult things in them so yeah yeah, and you brought up the uh, nothing ever leaves the internet. Uh, when I was really young, I used to bicycle ride a lot, you know, and I, I would go out after work with a, a group of uh, a group from the the bicycle place that I used to work at, and and we we were pretty serious. I, mean, I was never great, but you know, I was serious and and riding fast and in groups. And one time, this guy uh, just stopped right in front of me. I'm like, what the hell? And I put down my bike. I laid down my bike and the whole side of my leg just, just sheared right off. It just was all scraped and messy and gooey. It was terrible. And the worst part about that was that I had to, um, I had to, you know, put bandages on that, but there was so much dirt in there and hair and it was, it was annoying. So I started shaving my legs for bicycling purposes and don't you judge me. Don't you judge me um, for bike purposing. And I went on to a Usenet group and I posted about this stuff and whatever. And then, you know, like a year later, I, I was looking back and I was like, oh, that's kind of embarrassing because, you know, I, I don't feel really comfortable about, you know, the, the stuff that was out there and what people are saying. So um, then the Usenet groups closed. And I was like, yes, finally, it's offline. Whew. Well, like 10 years later, Google's like, hey, you remember those Usenet groups? Yeah, we've brought them back. Yay. And I was like, no, no, no. So, yeah, frustrating. Um, getting back to the topic at hand, though, uh, Chris, um, yeah, I know, Matthias, uh, it's like, he says, how do we get from OSINT to shaving legs? There was a point. I did, I, there was an end story. Um, but, uh, yeah. Chris, there was. Um, now Chris also said uh, that he didn't see the 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 stuff on Twitter uh, about the blue team stuff and how people use it. But uh, he says that in a sock that he works in, uh, he does use OSINT for data on the internet, taking into people who violate IP. IP meaning intellectual property, most likely, or internet protocol, or yes. Internet intellectual property. Uh, cool. Let's get on to our next audio video thing. I was on the uh, Recorded Future podcast, and I had a great time on there. It was it is uh, CyberWire Recorded Future kind of joint thing, and uh, just me talking about OSINT curiosity and and staying happy and fun and and what the state of the world is in. Uh, it's a short podcast, just like twenty to thirty minutes. It's kind of fun. Always a good one, though. Like, Recorded Future always has a lot of really interesting topics and stuff. I remember, I think it was uh, six months ago or something, they had the Gurg on and talking about information war and stuff like that. They just had uh, uh, an episode about NIST and what you can get out of using the uh, the national, the, the NIST platform uh, framework and stuff like that. And, yeah, it's always always a, a neat listen. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's neat. I mean, it, it, it was very nice. Very nice. It was a great experience. There are some really nice people over there, and they're doing good work. So uh, give it a listen. And again, all these will be in the show notes. Yep. Next, we're going to move on to conferences. And before we get to that conference, let's go to this conference. Sector, did you go to this conference? Yeah, well, I kind of had to because I'm one of the organizers. Um, yeah. So your shoes were in there, huh? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you want to tell us about it a little bit? This is Dutch OSINTCon V2, that Dutch OSINT guy and Technozet we're all talking about. How, how do we say this? Is this DUCON or DOCON? Uh, no, it's, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it is DOCON. Um, it's Dutch OSINTCon, but well, you can also read it as DOCON, so start documenting. So it's got a little bit of a double meaning. Um, that also explains the logo. Um, yeah, because there's a power button there, right? Yes. That's... 
Um, we, we came together somewhere last year. I met Technizet and I met Dutch Ozing guy in Amsterdam. And we just posted a picture of our shoes. Um, we were meeting up with Christian Tribet and we were just having a beer waiting for him, just getting drunk as we always do. And uh, people sound like, oh, you're, you're meeting up. Oh, that, that's cool. We really want to be there. And I think Gins was one of them tweeting it. So we thought, yeah, you know what? Maybe we should try and come up with something like a meetup for OSINT people uh, in the Netherlands. Maybe some people from Belgium would like to join. And so we started early this year um, in an office space provided by Ludo Block. Thank you again, Ludo, for that. I know you're in the, uh, the webcast in the chat. And um, we, ha we had a blast we, with 22, 24 people or something like that in a, quite a small office space. And we just started brainstorming, like, how would we want to uh, continue? Because everybody felt like we really want to meet again. So we come up with, okay, we're going to find a space and we're going to do a, another trial run with about 25 to 35 people, not too much, invitation only for now. And we found a really good location in Amsterdam and we had loads and loads of fun. Um, we had a couple of people talking there. Uh, Technicet did a talk, uh, did a talk. I did a talk about geolocation. Um, we had uh, HPQ. How the heck do I pronounce his name? Um, he's French, and he talked about um, tracking someone and how to use Facebook and social media to map out family trees and find hidden accounts and, and all that kind of stuff. Really cool, really cool. Um, and in a couple of days, weeks, we are going to prepare the next one, and we try... And we are aiming for it to be open for all. It will be a paid event then because um, we need some serious space because I think we can seriously at least host like 100 plus people if we want to. So soon we are going to uh, get together and um, start planning for next year. That's so cool. And I actually see, uh, um, so if you follow the uh, hashtag D-O-C-O-N uh, Dokon um, You can find a whole bunch of the tweets That were from there uh, Here's the agenda uh, We could probably go ahead and do some a Really neat uh, uh, image analysis Here because we've got a, a Picture on the board here We've got a little baby um, We've got some handwriting This could be a nice little CTF here right <laughs> like, And DJ Gwenalicious Or Gwenalicious Nice. So, Sector, can't wait for uh, for V3 whenever that happens, uh, and people should stay tuned to Twitter because that would be amazing to have a OSINT conference, paid or not paid, uh, but uh, OSINT conference over in, in Europe. That would be a really something cool. Absolutely. Do. And uh, Sala Hilden on the chat just posted something. Uh, don't forget to add a CDTF in the next one. <clears throat> and we have actually thought about it to um, host an OSINT conference and combine it maybe with a couple of hours of like an OSINT for good. So not really uh, a CTF, maybe more like a hackathon that we are going to look at uh, a recent event or something that's going on in the world and we try and get together and work on that. But that. It, we haven't planned anything yet. These are all just things that we talk about, and we just see how it goes. Just cool. stay tuned. More news will follow in a couple of months, probably. So we should probably follow the hashtag D-O-C-O-N. Uh, yeah, and cool. we, we, do, um, we did reserve a Twitter handle, but yeah, um, Technicet kind of made a boo-boo there. So uh, that's a pro tip for everyone. If you start a new Twitter account, don't use the year that you started your initiative as the date of birth because someone who's only a year old is not allowed to use Twitter. So, Oh, yes. she set the date for the actual account to be yes. 2020 or <laughs> yes. 2019. That Doesn't is help. fabulous. 
Wow. So we already have things like doing a Kirby, like posting your um, your phone number in the in the, the webcast, and uh-huh. now we got just just blowing a sock puppet right at the moment you are creating one. All that doing a technies ad, yeah. That's awesome. That is fabulous. Wow. Well, thanks, Sector. We look forward to hearing more about that. And one more conference to just put on your radar. In February 2020, next year, we have the Open Source Intelligence Summit. That's a SANS event. It's a paid summit. It's a one-day conference over here in Alexandria, Virginia, in the United States. And we will be having a bunch of people come and talk about open source intelligence. Ginsburg was there last year. Uh, Kirby was there. Taz was there. Um, and I think even Beowulf was there. Uh, we had a, a terrific time. We're looking to do it again. The summit itself is only one day. I know that on the screen there it says that it's uh, Tuesday, February 18th through the 24th. But the summit's the first day and then if you want to stick around for a sans class like my OSINT my OSINT uh, class you're welcome to do that for obviously for an additional charge but uh, there's a so uh, OSINT in uh, OSINT summit next year in February in the United States and that gets us back to our the end of the news and the beginning of our shameless self-promotion that we do Ginsburg where can we find you? What's important to you that you want to give a shout out to? Uh, let's see. SecAC, OSINT.team, OSINT Curious. And you can find me on Twitter, Ginsburg5150. Um, I don't know what else is kind of going on. I'm, uh, July and August are kind of – I'm not going to the miserable desert for hacker summer camp or anything, so I'll be around here. Uh, there is – uh, the local Kansas City OSINT meetup group that is the last Thursday of every month. So if you want to be involved in that, uh, follow me for more details. We're trying to get some more promotion stuff for that, like actual Twitter handles. So I'll be sure to hit up Technozette and make sure she walks me through how to get a Twitter account set up. And uh, uh, that's pretty much it. I think I the only other thing I think I'm doing right now is I'm going to um, God, what is it, Hack Harder in Atlanta. That's the only other speaking thing I have right now. Cool. And just for our our non-cybery people, uh, Hacker Summer Camp is the common term for the B-Sides Las Vegas, the DEF CON, and the Black Hat conferences that are out in the middle of, well, they're out in Las Vegas during the middle of summer. So we call that Hacker Summer Camp because we get to go away during the summer. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of events around it. So there's the uh, the DEF CON shoot, there's the... uh, uh, the barbecue, there's the camping, there is a whiskey club, there's just anything and everything. There's a furry meetup, there's just anything that you can think of, whatever, for DEF CON or for, um, you know, anything in this culture. It, there's there's a meetup for it. And I encourage people to go if you can. This is actually going to be the first year I heard that they're going to take uh, debit and credit cards for for tickets. Normally it was 230 bucks. it was a cash deal. You had to go through and do it, uh, you know, because it was a bunch of hackers. So, well, they they were really concerned that the FBI or some other organization would subpoena the list of all of those, uh, would would grab a warrant, and they would grab all of the the people that that attended. So, my suggestion is, if you want to do that, you know, buy yourself a gift card, uh, buy yourself a a gift card, and then use that gift card or something like that. But, uh, yeah, or take take cash because I think they still take cash. Yeah, it was hard though last year. The cash was. It was like two fifty, I want to say, or one seventy five. It was it was a little bit up there as far as the amount of cash I want to carry on myself in Vegas because that cash goes away really quickly in that Vegas. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know what happens. You break a twenty, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Thanks, Ginsburg. Hey, Sector, where you? What do you got going on? Well, at the moment, I'm still finishing up my uh, my newsletter because well, I kind of blew my uh, my weekend with that CTF. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm slowly indexing uh, indexing all the links that um, I've had in my newsletter over the uh, last fourteen months now. Okay, thirteen months. Um, so I'm trying to, to index them um, and whether it's going to be a start me page or a, a database for myself, I've really got to do something with it because I've got way too many links and I keep losing them. <laughs> I actually have to Google my own 
a newsletter to get to links. So maybe you could do That's something with Technoset and have her put some special code on the page that would be a, a like an S if it shows up in one of your things. That way you're making her her thing better or it's in framework or whatever. No, but we're we're gonna work something out. So um, that's a no. I got it. I got it. <laughs> no, I already donated load. I donated loads of links to Technizat before her. Uh, yeah, her her page blew up. So, um, yeah, next week just regular going back to work. Nothing special special planned. Um, but yeah, I'm probably gonna work on a something new for the website for Ozen Curious. So I've got some ideas for some blogs. So I've got to mm -hmm. take time off to do that. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I always love your blogs. You do a, a terrific job going technically deep, but also making it very readable. So uh, thanks for your work there, man. Thanks for your You're work. welcome. So that leaves me. Um, I am Michael Hoffman. I have uh, some a bunch of SANS classes that are coming up, of course. I'm going to be doing a tour of California. I'm heading out there next week. I'll be in San Francisco for a week. Then I'll be in San Diego for a week. Uh, so if you are in San Francisco or San Diego, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to you know, just grab a beer or a burger with you and uh, talk about some OSINT outside of SANS or um, if you're interested, I still have spaces in, it, uh, in my classes for more interested people. Other than that, just stay tuned to the OSINT Curious website, the hashtag OSINT Curious, and most of all, you stay OSINT Curious. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I got to do the little gun. Pew, pew. Guns. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you to our guests that uh, our attendees. Uh, appreciate your comments and and you participating as well. Uh, All the questions, very very yeah. helpful. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Have a great two weeks. Bye.